Hello and thank you for joining. We are back with another episode of the, I almost said the Upfake Hour, but nope, we haven't done one of those in a long ass time. Um, welcome to Dazed in Reviews. Um, I'm your host, Owen Hart. Join with me as always, my permanent guest, William McDonald. Ooh. Tired? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, do, so did we ever figure out how we were going to finish this the conversation? Like if we want to do conversation or, oh, you made your list, right? Yeah, I did, a, like, a bunch of honorable mentions, and then I I ordered my top ten okay. for you. Well, do you want to tell the kiddies what we're doing this week? Um, talking about impactful movies in our lives, so, like, not the best movies we've ever seen, but, like, ones that left a deep kind of influence and impact. Yes. Um, I don't remember how I thought about this, but, um, I did. Um, so, do you, do you want to get going with our top ten list, or do we want to just start having a conversation? Like... Well, let's just, I guess we can just converse about some honorable mentions. Okay, I'm trying to think. Like all right, so, so my, some of my honorable mentions is, like, Rambo First Blood. That was my first R-rated movie I ever saw. Um, Revenge of the Sith was the first PG-13 movie I ever saw. Um, and then I picked a couple, like, movies for different reasons. Like, uh, I had The Princess Bride and True Romance on here, because those are some of my favorite movies of all time. But when you said that out loud in middle school, people would make fun of you, because the title sounds so fucking girly, but the movies are not. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Where's my honorable mentions? I still have a lot. Yeah, I have, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think I have eight honorable mentions. Oh, I have, like, um, 30. They're all for different reasons. Um, what do you got? Like Beauty, and the, Beauty and the Beast was the first animated Disney movie I ever saw, and I have a bunch of memories watching it. Damn. Um, this one hurts to say. Goodfellas, first Scorsese movie that I really like, fell in love with, and it's also like, it's what re- like I I saw The Departed, I believe, before I saw Goodfellas, and I love The Departed, but like I saw Goodfellas and I immediately watched like every other Scorsese film I could get my hands on. I don't remember my first like intro to Scorsese. It might have been The Departed. I feel like The Departed is, like, around what we would have seen. Yeah. I feel like The Departed or Wolf of Wall Street for someone our age. Well, did he ever have, like, a movie that came out, like, right... Because, like, we were too old for Wolf of Wall Street to be an introduction, and we were too young for The Departed to be an introduction. Did he have, like, a movie in between? I guess Shutter Island. Shutter Island, and he had... Yeah. I think that was it. So maybe... Maybe The Departed was the one I saw first. Um... You know, it might have been Raging Bull. I think that I watched Raging Bull, like, rented from Redbox, and from, from uh, Netflix, when we got Netflix in the mail. <laughs> I think that's how I saw Raging Bull. And that was maybe the first Scorsese movie I ever saw. Um, I have Die Hard on here, because that's the best Christmas movie of all time, and I watch it every Christmas, so that's a big impact on my life. It's like a Christmas tradition. So Christmas traditions are big, you know I mean? You all have those, and my Christmas tradition, my family, is you watch Die Hard on Christmas Eve. That, that's a big impact on me. Um, uh, the first R-rated movie I ever remember seeing was Speed with Keanu Reeves. Nope. Yeah, you told me that. Uh, that's a, that's a, that, I have to double-check if that's R-rated. I'm pretty sure it's R-rated. Yeah, but I think it's one of those R-rated that it didn't need to be R, and then they just threw... What's it, what about the movies movie? R-rated? The fact that, uh, that fucking Dennis Hopper's hand's a little bit fucked up? Yeah, like, it's, it's R somehow. That, that's, that's not an R-rated movie. It's a 1994 R. That would be PG today. <laughs> Only 17-year-olds can digest this much cheese. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, Back to the Future on here because that's one of the best trilogies of all time. And I just you trill it up. And trilling it up is always a fucking impactful thing. Um, Three Ninjas. You ever watch Three Ninjas? No. Oh, do you, do you know about Three Ninjas? 
No. You've never heard of three? It's a movie about these three like kids ninjas who like fight crime and shit like that, and they like fight injustices in the world. Like they they fight like social issues. Like there's actually like a, a movie of them about fighting like people who are trying to like take um Indians off their land and shit like that, and it's about like Native Americans and this. It's it's pretty uh, heart uh, heart hitting political commentary and three ninjas. Um, I have High School Musical on here because that's the movie that made me play basketball. I watched it when I was like five and a half years old, and I was very impressionable. So High School Musical is on my is on my honorable mention list. I have also Space Jam because that's the reason I'm a UNC fan. Is I watched Space Jam when I was like two and a half years old, and that's what made me a UNC fan. And you know how big of a UNC fan I was. Yeah, I was a fanatic. Big big time fan. Do you remember what happened in eighth grade? Yeah. What happened? I I picked Florida State to beat UNC. No, you picked Duke the, to beat UNC, I think. No, it was Florida State. Because okay. I had, like, a weird phase. Yeah, you were a big Florida State fan for some reason. Only for, like, a year, though. Yeah. I think each year, each year, I would just pick, like, a different ACC team that I <laughs> hoped would beat UNC. Because I hate UNC. Yeah. So it was UNC, Florida State, you picked Florida State, and the bet was... I ran, and, then, no, no, and then I remember, uh, like... Two, like a year later, Notre Dame played them like twice, two years in a row in the in the in the, in the March Madness. Yeah. And he, and each time I prayed to God that Notre Dame would beat them. Not in March Madness, sorry, in uh, like the ACC. It tournament. was no, they played in the ACC tournament, then they played in March Madness the same year. Yeah, and Notre Dame won one of the ACC tournaments. I forget which one it was. It might not have been the same, but I think they won twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen. Anyway, so and. For UNC won the game, so then the bet was you wore a UNC hoodie to school for a day. Yeah, you're you're gnarly UNC hoodie. Oh, that's like what I wore to bed. Yeah, it was a terrible UNC hoodie. And then you took it off like halfway through the day, and then the next day I covered your locker with UNC stickers. Amazing. Um. So that's all because of Space Jam. Um. I have Drive and Place Beyond the Pines here because those are the two movies that I go to. It's like one of my favorite written movies and one of my favorite directed movies, and those two that I go to to look back and study. Um, what, what, you got another, any other honorable mentions? I have a few, uh, so I have, and speaking of Ryan Gosling, I have Nice Guys as an honorable mention. Just yeah. that was the first, that but, was just the first buddy cop film that I really enjoyed and was, didn't think was, like, trash. I'm still never gonna forgive myself for not seeing that in theaters. Yeah. I, uh, I also want to include The Way Way Back, which is my personal, just, favorite if maybe not my favorite, but just definitely the top three favorite coming of age stories about like young poor boy or girl. Like yeah. way way back, Edge of Seventeen, and like there's one more that like either Juno or maybe the Miles uh, Miles Teller one. Spectacular now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have Tommy Boy on here because that was like the like one of the biggest comedies I watched growing up all the time. Um, I have Summer Catch and Hot Summer Nights on here. Because those are two Cape Cod movies that I that are not Cape Cod at all, and I'm a kid who grew up on the Cape and I spent all my summers on the Cape and I and I lived there for a good amount of the year and seeing these two movies that like take place on the Cape in quotes and they just don't really feel like that and they've motivated me to write a script that takes place on Cape Cod so that has impacted me definitely a lot those two fucking movies that I feel like don't pay service to Cape Cod enough. Um, yeah, I have three more just but these are dishonorable mentions and then we can get to the top 10 if you want yeah um so two of these dishonorable okay first of all avatar the last Airbender, the movie by Shyamalan. oh yeah just horrendous it just set society back by a decade (laughs) um 
And then the, the next two dishonorable mentions are X-Men Apocalypse. Huh. Um, 2016 was such a weird year. For it was me. so weird. Because I had a bunch of real good ones and a bunch of shit. There's a lot of, like, meh movies. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> this movie isn't even, like, a bad movie, but it has the single most worst scene in cinematic history. What movie am I about to say? The single most worst scene in cinematic history? Well, my least favorite scene in cinematic history. I don't know. Should I know this? I feel like you will once I say it. Maybe you don't know it off the top. But Batman 89. Oh, yeah. One of my one of my least favorite movies of all time. And it has, in my opinion, one of the worst scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, I'm not even going to get into it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. I have a bunch of ones on here. Uh, Ocean's Eleven was pretty big for me. Zombieland. Friday the 13th. The Outsiders. Angels in the Outfield, Billy Madison, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, um, Sergeant Bilko was big for me, A Few Good Men, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Commando, The Godfather. Those are some other honorable mentions. Oh, and Good Will Hunting. That was, that was a big one. So now I have my top ten list. All right. Kick it off. All right. So my number ten is The Hangover. Because that, to me, was like the movie in like fourth, fifth grade where kids were like, dude, this is a movie you have to see. If you ever see this movie, you can't come to my party on Saturday. Like, this is the fucking movie. You're a fucking loser version who's going to die fucking nerdy. Like, th- this is a movie like you needed to see if you were a fucking kid and when I was like growing up. Like, people quoted it all this fucking time. Like, this is what I feel like maybe kids had with like, who were a little bit older than us, had with like Superbad. The Hangover was yeah. my Superbad. It was like, this is a movie that you needed to fucking see. And so like, that had a big impact on my life. I remember like watching it, it was like, it was like when watching R-rated movies was still like cool. Remember that? Like, uh, uh, did, did your parents have like a parental code on your on your cable box? No, I I, I was the baby, so they gave up. Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you're the youngest of three. Um, yeah, they stopped. They stopped trying. Yeah, so that was like that was definitely number ten. Um, I don't even know what else I can say about it. just like it was just like I'm trying to think of like that. Just remember that like being like so part of like the lunchroom conversation was about the hangover. Um, what do you got at number 10? At number 10, I have her starring Joaquin Phoenix. Yours are gonna, you're gonna, your movie's gonna be so much better than mine. No, they won't, trust me. Okay. This, this is a, I have like five good movies on here and the rest are like interesting. You are a big Joaquin Phoenix guy. You talk about him a good amount. Dude, I love Joaquin Phoenix. I, words can't express how happy I was when he finally won an Oscar. Um, I just think he's like one of the greatest actors ever. That's just all I think. He is um, great. One her, of the weird, one of the weirdest people ever. But yes, yeah, her great. was the first Joaquin Phoenix movie that I knew I was watching Joaquin Phoenix, um, who is like my favorite actor besides Christian Bale. Uh, and then so like that got me. I literally watched so many of his movies after that. Um, I I just think the concept of her was super cool. And like we're doing films that impacted you. And, like, I don't know, I watched, maybe it was because of the mindset I was in when watching her. It was, like, a Friday night, but for some reason, and like, a year or two ago, yeah, like, two years ago, uh, I just started, like, freshman year in college. It was, like, September and October, and I, I just, like, didn't want to go out and party for once, and I, I just kind of stayed inside. And I watched her, and I just had this nostalgic, kind of empty, but good feeling while watching it, and it just, like... I don't know. I watched it at night, like at eleven PM. It was just a perfect setting to watch it. Yeah. And her it came out like George. her came out like right in the time period where like social media wasn't like so over the top. 
that it was like so it came out kind of the right area where it was like kind of like just a little bit not too like ahead of its time but like it just kind of came out in the right kind of area um my nine i i kind of cheated i have two movies in the same spot for the same reason so i have the karate kid and red dawn both of them are 1984 movies so th- these two movies or movies that uh, my my mom's co-worker recommended to me and my brother. That was like, oh, he turned us on to so many movies. And these are the two most prominent ones I remember him telling us to watch. Just like I would go hang out in my mom's office. Like if I was sick at school one day. If I was just like if we had the day off and we needed to go in. So I would always hang out in my mom's office. And we would always hang out with, with like a younger guy that worked with her. He would always talk to us about movies. You know, we love movies. So he always told us a bunch of movies to watch. I think his name was Ian. I don't remember his name. My brother would tell me if I got his name wrong. But so he he was like, all right, you gotta watch Karate Kid, you gotta watch Red Dawn. And he would just and we would order them on uh, Netflix and get them in the mail. Uh, those were like I miss those days. Uh, so those those two movies are just movies that I remember just like somebody telling me to watch, and I was like, all right. And they just I just remember that kind of shaping uh, my youth, as it were. Karate Kid, Red Dawn. All right, my number nine uh, is the Alamo, the John Wayne version. Wow, that is. I would have never guessed in a million years that you would have picked a a movie that came out after, I mean, before nineteen seventy, and two a western. Well, me and my dad used to watch it like once every two weeks. Um, oh, fuck. That, when I I would I watched that like for like three straight years growing up like so much, and it's that was like in my battle phase. Like, you ever have those toy soldiers and stuff like that? Oh yeah. What, what do you mean God, have? I'm in make, that. I would make battle like set up these massive battle things uh just these fake battles but like the alamo was so uh also like shout out to the gettysburg movie with uh jeff daniels i believe jeff but daniels. That's, uh, or jeff bridges one or the other um, jeff daniels is dumb and dumber i think it's jeff daniels then um but the Alamo with John Wayne. Uh, I'm not even a Western guy. I don't even like Westerns. I just grew up watching this. I think I've seen this movie the second or third most out of every movie I've ever seen. Jesus. Yeah. Is your dad I a big Westerns guy? It. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it in like 10 years. Is your dad a big Westerns guy? Oh, yeah. He is. Really? I wouldn't guess that. Wait, just a question. Do, do your parents have any idea that you do this with me? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Um... Wow, that is really shocking to me. Have you seen a bunch of other westerns? Not a ton, a few. Okay. I really liked this show called The Rifleman growing up. That was a western. Never heard of that. Oh my god. Right, where's my eight? I don't think that you've seen my number eight. My number eight's School of Rock. I've seen some of it. Oh, I saw it a while ago. Fucking love that movie. Um, that movie kind of. I watched this at a very young age. Uh, a lot of the jokes went over my head. But this movie I watched, um, and this kind of helped me shape, like, I feel like at a younger age, I always knew, like, a, a lot more about music and movies than both, than, like, everybody else I was around. And this kind of cultivated this. It's a, it's a movie about music, as a lot of Richard Linklater's movies are, very heavily influenced by music. And also, it's Jack Black in an actually, like, legit good role. Um, it's just one of the coolest movies. It's just, like, if, especially if you're a kid and you watch this movie, it's so cool to see, like, kids, like, being, like, fucking, like, doing, like, being the shit, like, starting a band. Um, if you don't know what it's about, it's about, uh, a musician who, who f- pretends to be somebody else and substitute teaches at a, a high, like, a prep school 
and starts a band with the with the kids in his class that he's supposed to be teaching. And like they hide from the, the teachers and stuff like that. So like whenever you're a kid and you watch a movie about kids doing like shit they're not supposed to be doing, that's always really fucking fun. Um But I actually have like vivid memories of watching this movie all the fucking time and just like even today, it, I still quote it all the fucking time. Um and also turned me on to so many good songs. Turned me on to Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. Turned me on to Smoke on the Water. It turned me on to, like, so many iconic songs. It's a long way to the top of ACDC. Uh, great soundtrack, as every fucking Linkwater movie is. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's number eight. Um, what's yours? My number eight is... I keep, like, switching the vibes. My number eight is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. You just flip-flopped, flip-flopped like a motherfucker. Yeah. Um, a, because... I, at the time, I had never seen a movie like this, and I still don't think I have. I think it's, like, one of, if not the most creative movie I've seen. I have just, never seen it. My guess is I'm going to either love it or be very let down. I don't think you would be let down. I think it's really good. Uh, I think it portrays... I, I hate romance movies and romance in movies. Most oh, of the I'm time. a sucker for a romance. I, so I love me some rom-coms. Well, see, this isn't, like, a rom-com. This I know it's not. I'm just like, saying that, like, yeah, I know it's not. This is, like good writing um and also i think one of the big things is this like i i'm super 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 like i'm leading the train of like the jim carrey needs to do more dramatic roles train Mm -hmm. because i think he's actually like when he does serious roles like a top actor like an a-list star if he wanted to be he's really good at acting and people just don't seem to fully grasp that did he just have a resurgence or am i imagining that in my brain i mean dumb and dumber like Two came out. He no. was in, like, I feel like for some reason did, he didn't have like a big movie that came out recently, did he? Am I crazy? Am I making like, that up? Really? I have no idea. To be honest. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, no, I love Jim Carrey. He really is such a great actor. Also, this movie, the the so Jim Carrey. I always watch this movie. I feel like if you're a guy, or even a girl, but especially guys, if you watch this movie and you put yourself in Jim Carrey's character, she's so the 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 main protagonist girl uh clementine like are you gonna like talk about the plot i wouldn't i'm not gonna talk about the plot i'm just saying everyone knows a clementine and that like in their life like the free the free willed like flower girl type like everyone has like fallen for this girl once in their life and i feel like everyone can relate to this movie yeah um michelle gondry i believe um not the point yeah my number seven is Clerks. Because this movie is very inspirational for me in terms of wanting to be a filmmaker. Granted, this came out in a much different time, but this movie was made... Like, like Kevin Smith sold whatever he could in his possession to get this movie made, just to get, like, cameras and equipment and actors and stuff like that. This movie was made for, like, a like, couple tens of thousands of dollars. I think, like, 30 grand um, that this movie was fucking made for. And it's just so inspirational to me that it's just so Kevin Smith. He because he made this movie with without the intention of making any of the movies. He's like, oh, this is gonna be the only movie I ever make, and it feels like that. It feels like he just put all he had into this. Um, the writing is so clever. It's so him. It's so unique. And just watching this, watching this movie and hearing him talk about this movie just uh, makes me so just want to keep keep writing, keep writing, and just look at my script. If it sucks, I don't care. I'm gonna work on it more and just watch this movie. Uh, just makes me makes me want to uh, believe in other auteurs too, and other filmmakers as well. Yeah, that's all, right. that's all I got to say about that movie. 
so we're on which number? Your seven. Seven? Okay. My number seven is the movie we talked about, like, yesterday, if you would like to reveal what that is. Gone Girl. Yes. Yes, David Gone Girl. Fincher, Gone Girl by David Fincher. Yep. So, I think this movie is as close to perfect as, like, a movie could be, which doesn't always even mean, like, it's that good. I'm just saying, like, in terms of how it's made, how it's written... Like, I don't see any loopholes. I don't think any character, like, acts out of character. I don't think any character is dumb. Like, does anything... Like, I don't think there's any plot devices. So, writing-wise, it's amazing. Like, the cinematography is amazing. Um, Trent Reznor's killing it. I believe it's Roger Deakins. Really? Don't quote me on that. I'm going to search it real quick. The cinematography is beautiful. The color scheme is amazing. Yes, the, Um, the use of color in this movie is amazing. It really is. Oh, yeah, because I forgot you just watched it. That's what we talked about. Yeah, I just watched um, it. And, I mean, it impacted me in two ways. It impacted me from a film perspective. Uh, sorry, cinematography is by Jeff Cronenworth. Okay. But, Trent Reznor's doing great in this movie, some of his best work. So, so this, this movie, for, like, three different reasons, impacted me. First, it, it proves my point that Tyler Perry is the black Jim Carrey. Dude. If, if, not if even... He, oh, my God. No, like, no, if... No. If he, like, same thing with Jim Carrey. It, it, he, he takes on these, like, stupid, funny roles and makes money for it. Good for him. Like, it's what he wants to do. But he's a phenomenal, serious actor if he ever, like, wants to be. And it pisses me off that he doesn't take more. Like, at least Jim Carrey's done, like, three or four. He's, he's done with Jim Carrey movies. Did, Tyler Perry did this and then put on, like, a pantsuit and, like, take boobs again. Like, I don't know. So that's, that's, uh, sorry, go ahead. Talk about it real quick. No, just, like, just, just. Yeah, the, I just want to talk so about the, I just want to talk about the Tower Perry thing because he's amazing in this movie, and it's not the fact that it's not like he's like Jim Carrey who does like schlocky comedy shit like that. He does the weirdest movies fucking ever. He does like the Alex Crosses and the Ninety Five Medias, and he pro- and he produces and directs like seventy five other random movies. It's like, dude, like make like like be an actor. Like, does he not want to? Like is there, is there, is it because Dan Fincher is the only one who wanted to take a chance on the cross dressing dude? Like like what the fuck? Like yeah. oh my god! Um, so, so this movie, this movie, uh, it's one of my favorites from 2014, which is saying something because 2014 is loaded. It's loaded. It's I think this movie is amazing. I think Tyler Perry is so good in it, and it made me scared of women for legitimately like two, at least two weeks, if not like a month. And I'm not even kidding about that. Every time I like would start talking to a girl, in the back of my mind, I would be like, "Is she gonna just be crazy?" Yeah, this movie is just. Uh, it just leaves I, you with like a like a like a like a just, ugh, just ugh. great fucking movie. Um, and I think it's David Fincher's best, but I know that's unpopular. Yeah. Um, okay. So my six. My six is actually my favorite movie of all time. Do you know? Confused? No, almost famous is my six. Oh, sorry, I did know that. I'm yes, sorry. Almost Famous is my six. This movie, ironically enough, was it was movies recommended to me by my video production teacher. Shout out, uh, Miss Masuda. Uh, me and her had this thing where we would always like trade DVDs back and forth and like tell each other to watch certain things. And she had always told me to watch Almost Famous, and I was like, okay, I'll try it. I had no intention of like liking it or something like that, and I just turned it on, and it just stuck with me. It was just very, very good. Um... I don't know, there's not much I can say about this movie other than it just, it, like, it just, like, it just became one of my favorite movies. It wasn't like I watched it and I was like, this movie's amazing. It just, it just kind of secretly just became ingrained in my brain as, like, my favorite movie. And I now I watch it all the fucking time. Um, it's just really fucking good. And thank you, Miss Masuda, for making me watch it. 
Um, also, we watched it in class and had to write a paper about it afterwards. And I remember I was like in like I was in a free block with a couple of my friends working on it, and they were talking about how much they didn't like it, and I had to get up and leave because I fucking couldn't be in the same vicinity as them. That's my number six. Will want to tell us your number six? My number six is a movie that for a while uh, was my favorite movie of all time. For like not a while, for like a few months before I saw other movies. But this movie is called Hot Fuzz. Oh, of course. I should have known uh, you would pick the fucking Edgar Wright movie. Um, so this got me, not only did this get me into Edgar Wright, it got me into, like, the trilogy. If you, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, the Coronado trilogy. Yeah, basically yeah. just, like, an anthology type thing, but also, like, not. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like, just, it's just. But, like, same care, like, same actors, but, like, different things. I don't know. I mean, it's like, how Scorsese uses the same, no, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know what it's like. It just is a trick. It, it just, it's, it's, yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. But um, so it got me into that. It was the first Edgar Wright movie I ever saw. He's an amazing director. Uh, always will wonder what his Ant Man would have looked like. I don't know Dude. if it would have been good, to be honest. What'd you say? I said I don't know how good it would have been, but I think it would have been cool. I don't know, cause, dude. They they had been working on the Ant Man movie for like a decade before it came out. Um, Hot Fuzz also got me into like like the A minus level actors. That are all in it, like so, yeah. like Peg, right? Like Frost, uh, well, yeah, like those types of people. Um, so I watched a bunch of those movies. Um, it's real British, well, not real British, but it's kind of. It's British. pretty. It's pretty. I wouldn't say real British. I wouldn't say yeah. real British. But like, I don't know. Definitely a plus for all that. Um, Edgar Wright's a dude who, if like you see a scene of his work, you'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" Just like a yeah. scene. I think he, his directing is so unique and cool. The way he does, like, whip cuts and all this stuff. And, like, did he this, do Baby Driver? Yes, he did Baby Driver. Yeah, okay. The I only that. movie of his that takes place in America. Um, uh, I don't have a ton to say on Hot Fuzz. I just, it, it's, it's just amazing. Edgar Wright is a dude out of, like, all the filmmakers. He's on, like, he's on, like, the top, like, he's in the top five or five or so of directors I would most want to just sit down and talk movies with. Because he's such an interesting guy. You know, he's such a student of film. He knows so much about it, and he's just like, he's just a fan. You know, he's just a cool guy. I love Edgar Wright. Um, yeah, so that's your six. Should we take a break before we get into the top five? Yes, we should. We're going to take a quick break, and when you come back, we will do our top five most impactful movies ever. And we're back for the second half. And I'm sorry you have to listen to my dumbass ad read for that uh, annoying uh anchor sponsorship so hey if we're looking for sponsors so if you're out there and you have a company start up whatever let us know we'll, you, you can be a sponsor of the show um okay so now we're down to the nitty-gritty of the top five and the top five actually have like a pretty a really big impact on me um my number five is what you thought my number six was which is days confused um almost famous is my favorite movie days is my second favorite movie but days has a bigger impact on me which is that, like, like Daisy Confused is legitimately about nothing. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It, it is so, it creates these vibrant characters, and, and it creates, like, 20 of them. And Linkledge does a very good job of just, like, being so unique in the voice he says and the style that he makes it in. And also, this movie is a scene that features two random gun scenes for no reasons, and it just works perfectly. It's just the way that he just handles certain things. I don't know, it just, I can't tell you why I love this movie so much, other than it's just fucking amazing. Um, so, yeah, you gotta, you gotta see Daisy Confused. Um, I can't really, I don't really know what else to say. 
I'm 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 at a loss for words, William. <laughs> You're number five, please. My number five. All right. Uh, my number five is Spirited Away. Wow. Okay. Um, it was the one of the first anime I watched. I'm pretty sure it was the first anime film. Maybe. Yeah, no, it was the first anime film, I believe. And it was, like, one of the first anime I watched. Uh, introduced me to Studio Ghibli, Studio Ghibli stuff, and Hayao Miyazaki especially, his works. Um, just really impactful, I think. Really you, don't know, you don't know fucking, uh, what's his name? Holy shit, you don't know Matthew Vaughn, but you know Miyazaki, or whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, because I'm a pretty big anime guy, so that would make sense. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I've seen like most of the Miyazaki filmography at this point. Uh, can't I'm trying to think of any of that, that I haven't seen. Um, and I don't know, it just really set me on my course to like that kind of genre and that I don't know art form. What else did Miyazaki do? So anything with like Ghibli's name on it, he had his fingerprints on. He also did. Uh, he did. He he was a part of like things that weren't all the way Ghibli. So like when marnie was there or like the wind rises or like i've heard of when marnie was there uh i believe he had his fingers dipped in like tale of princess kaguya i'm not sure though but like some of my favorite anime films like how's moving castle spirited away uh my uh i believe my neighbor totoro i'm gonna double check that real quick because i don't want to when did you first see this movie spirited away yeah in high school okay so it really uh, hit home. Yeah, my neighbor Totoro. Sorry, I can't believe I forgot that. But yeah, like the big, like some Princess Mononoke, like massive hits. Damn. Yeah, I still have yet to see any anime films. It's... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely like you either like it or you don't. And since you don't really like animation much, it doesn't surprise me that you wouldn't see them. Yeah, very much so. And it's not like they're like they're not like. They're not, like, hard to get a hold of. You can pretty much... Their anime is pretty, like, Oh, just go, go, yeah. go on either Netflix, Hulu, or yeah. literally, ter- like, go yeah. on one of the anime sites. Like, yeah. Go-Go Anime yeah. or Crunchyroll. Yeah, they're pretty easy to find. Um, okay, so my number four... My number four I actually switched out at the last minute because I remembered that my number four was for the wrong reason. So I had a number four in here because I picked it because I thought that it was my introduction to a director until I remembered that I actually I saw another film of his before that. So I picked my number four because it introduced me to one of my favorite directors of all time, and that would be Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, um, probably uh, my favorite Tarantino movie. Th- that, that movie turned me on to Tarantino um, at a very young age. It was probably about 10 when I first saw uh, his movie. I was, I was probably nine. I probably saw it when it came out. Um, and just, I remember watching the Bear Jew scene on YouTube and just being like, this movie's awesome. I love this guy. Um, because he was a guy bashing dude's brains in with a baseball bat. It was so fucking cool. And, uh, fun fact, uh, Adam Sandler was, who was supposed to play the Bear Jew, but they replaced him with Eli Roth. I think I can't picture anyone besides Eli Roth doing that. Just cause he's so fucking, he went yacht on that one. <laughs> Oh and it's my also god. Eli Roth. Like he's made some of like the stupidest movies ever. Oh my god, dude! His his directorial films, the movies he's directed are very weird. Um, but yeah, Glorious Bastards is so like, I can just picture Tarantino writing this movie just like so easy. Like it's, oh my god, because also it's a movie about like people killing Nazis. That's a pretty easy sell for any human being ever. Like, like um. 
It has the best opening scene, arguably, of any movie ever. The first 20 minutes of this movie are flawless. I can't think of any other intro that nails it as well as this movie does. Um, yeah, it's, it's ter- Christoph Waltz is really scary. Christoph Waltz is that. terrifying. Dude, you, Christoph Waltz makes eating a pastry terrifying. It's and well, no, it's it's not even just the term. Like, it's like the uneasiness. Yes, it's, it's like, so. He's, he's so clearly unhinged. Oh my god, it's like I can't even tell you. It's just so. This movie is just. Oh, also, I didn't realize about this. This realize this about this movie until I watched it again for the first time a couple like I don't know maybe like five months ago. Is that it's only like a couple scenes. It's like like the intro. Like Parts. Yeah, it's 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 five chapters, I believe. I think it's only five chapters, um, and all it dude like there's so many good great scenes of tension in this movie, and it just oh my god, I just, but he it, this was my introduction to Quentin Tarantino, and then from then on I watched uh, fucking Django Unchained. Even like it's just like so this movie is impact. It's not my favorite. It might not even be, it might be my top five. Of his movies, but it's the most impactful and influential to me because it turned me on to maybe my favorite director of all time. All right, Inglorious Bastards, which That's is spelt the part. wrong way because there's a sa- there is a different movie with the same title spelt with an A, not an E. That came out I think in nineteen seventy five, seventy eight, sixty eight. I don't know. Um, that was spelt in Glorious Bastards, so we wanted to differentiate it from that movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's leave it to Tarantino to misspell a word on purpose instead of calling it like the Inglorious Bastard. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I don't know. Your turn. Um, sorry, can I just add the movie? I remember the movie. I wanted to say that as an honorable mention a while yeah. ago that I forgot. Yeah. Uh, American American Psycho. Okay. Just because that was like my first like dark black comedy. Uh, it was also my first Christian Bale movies, and he, like I said, favorite actor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to add that as an honorable mention. So, my number four. So, I have three at my number four, but they're all for the same reason. Okay, I had, yeah, I kind of can get that. What so, well, two of them are for the same reason, and one of them is for the exact opposite reason, and you'll understand what I mean. So, they're all superhero movies. Okay. Um, the first two are the dark, is The Dark Knight, which is probably my favorite film of all time. Uh, and the Avengers, which is, you know, fun, but like at the time was huge for a kid. Yes. And then the third film, for the exact opposite reasons, and I feel like this won't be a surprise to you, is Suicide Squad. Okay, I, I thought you might have said Batman v Superman. Yeah, but Suicide Squad. No, I although I don't like Batman v Superman. Okay, so let's. I'll just say this: Dark Knight and Avengers. I was like twelve or th- I got to the superhero game late. I didn't see any of the MCU movies like when I was a kid. The Avengers was the first MCU film I ever saw, and I saw it in wow. theaters in like July. So wow. I saw it in like the summer, and so that's the first MCU film I saw, right? And that was like the first big superhero movie I saw. Uh, I mean, as, like as a kid, I saw Incredible Hulk and Fantastic Four, but besides those, like I remember, and MCU film, I, mean, I don't, I guess Hulk counts, but MCU film like big budget, like that type of thing. Avengers was the first like real superhero movie I saw, right? Yeah. So therefore, so now I'm all like, I'm to my sister, who's like the one who brought me to the movie. I'm like, what the heck? That was awesome. And so that leads me into watching The Dark Knight. 
which I don't think I was mentally prepared for as like a thirteen year old. You only wa- you only watched that like oh wow I thought you watched because I saw the movie like around the time it came out. Nope, I I was I, like I said I came to the game late. So when I was twelve or thirteen, that was the start of my superhero like infatuation. Do <laughs> Do you want to know what year it kind of ended? <laughs> uh, twenty sixteen. Yeah, when so ugh. No, my. What? So you're saying your superhero movie infatuation ended in 2016? No, it didn't. So the infatuation ended. I still liked them after 2016, but like the invincibility of it ended. Um, I would go. Hear me out. I would go to a superhero film, and as long as I knew it was a superhero film, I would blindly say that it was at least good. Similar to how what you say people do with animated films. That's not quite my argument, but I get what you're saying. So, but my, so my thing is, and you remember this, obviously. Yes. Suicide Squad is the first movie that broke me, like, fully. Yes. I went in, I saw it, I had plans to see it the next day, had to cancel them, because yeah. I was so disheartened by Suicide Squad. Thanks, buddy. And that was after just, like, countless amazing trailers. I thought, I kept telling everyone, this is going to be the second best superhero movie of the year. I thought Doctor Strange was going to be the best. It was a great movie, but not the best of that. I'll never forget, we were... We were, I don't know if I was with you, but I was at some place. I was going to buy a Suicide Squad poster, and you were like, dude, don't do it. What if it's bad? I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? It's not going to be fucking bad. It's going to be amazing. You're like, dude, just don't buy it. Just what if it's bad? Then you have a shitty movie poster. And I was like, okay, fine. I won't do it. So thank you for saving me the $10. I don't know. I, I, I don't mean to talk too much. I'll let you go on to your number three. Just, I just no, because I do up. want to talk about this a little bit um, because it's a, it's a pretty big thing. Because like, like, we live in the comic book era. That's, that's like, like, for like for kids nowadays, their biggest movies are all Avengers and Justice League movies. Like that's all they fucking know. That's all they watch, and like we grew up in a time where they were still like just like kind of like underappreciated enough for us to really like them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Yeah. But Dark Knight was the movie where not it wasn't the first, but I think it was the most successful where people were. Comic book movies can be actual movies too. Yeah, I remember just that 2012 was crazy for me because I saw Avengers, then The Dark Knight, then The Dark Knight Rises in the span of like a couple of Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was hooked for the next like four or five years. And then I saw Suicide Squad and I realized I'd been like, not that superhero movies aren't like good, but like I had been blinded by just the pure infatuation of it being labeled a superhero movie. It automatically makes it like good and fun to be fair at that point like 2014 great year for superhero movies 2015 like oh it had ant-man age of ultron was eh. ant-man was good i thought um 2016 was like had so many yeah yeah 2016 had a lot 2017 had a lot of comic book movies so those three movies are are at my number four because it's kind of just defines my superhero like like you know this didn't make my list but it probably should have uh, but Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is that movie for me where it just made me so fucking miserable every second I was watching it. Um, that's the movie that broke me in terms of, like, comp- I'd already kind of been soured on comic book movies because, like, at a certain point, I, like, I like, I like rooting for underdogs, and then once they don't be underdogs, once they aren't underdogs anymore, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. So like, I was so into comic book movies because they were still like not popular enough. And then once they got to be super popular, I was like, all right, I'm kind of done with these. And same thing with like a lot of things with me. Like 
I don't know, like, it happens to me all with, like, musicians. Like, I was a big fan of Greta Van Fleet, because they were kind of Indian underground. Not many people knew about them. Now everybody knows about them, so I'm not a big Greta Van Fleet anymore. I used to yeah, be... But they're also, their music's just unbiasedly not as good as it was. Eh, I still have, like, a lot of songs on their albums. But, um... Yeah, Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman came out in the span of a couple months and kind of, like... Like, kind of, like, showed the chinks in the armor a little bit. Um, also, what makes me mad about Suicide Squad is that... What makes me mad about Suicide Squad is that, like, it so easily could have been good if they had just changed, like, a few things. And it would have been so no, easy to make Oh, no, they have more than a few things. No, Jesus. no, do you want to know how you make that movie better? Is that you make Joker the villain. And that movie becomes immensely I, better. I can tell you, I can tell you even... Or even, you cut him out of the movie and it makes the movie immensely better. a broader way to make that movie better. What? Give either the studio or the director complete control, but don't have them fight each other. That's what. That's what uh, MCU did, but also I kind of hate that they did. Was they made their the the, they made directors the assistant coaches? You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I like, but don't like it. It works for them because the MCU became like became Ray Kroc of the McDonald's empire. They're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to make them all the same. We're going to fucking, like, like it's it's cheaper to do it this way and simpler to do it this way and all this shit. But the DCU still didn't kind of have that, where they kind of had... Because the DCU had very prominent directors. They David Ayer, fucking uh, Zack Snyder. Like, like they, they had, like, these hitters, but the studio still kind of... like So they didn't really know what to do. So, yeah, they didn't... They kind of, like, both fought for power instead of being like, all right, we're going to hire a different director so we can kind of make our movie... Or we're going to hire a director and have him make his movie. And they didn't do that. Um, fucking Suicide Squad. That movie is so frustrating. I don't know. I could spend an hour talking about talking about these. We'll save it for another topic time. I don't know, I'm kind of annoyed. I'm kind of done talking about comic book movies. Yeah. Um, so my number three. It's my number three, right? Yes. That was your number four. My number three is maybe the weirdest one. Magic Mike. <laughs> And for, like, a legitimate reason. Like, first off, if you're the motherfucker who is like, oh, it's that fucking, just, like, the like the female movie that everybody fucking watches. It's the female comic book movie. It's the female Avengers. Like, it's it's a legitimate movie. It's not just two hours of shirtless guys dancing and showing off their abs. It is a legitimately good, fantastic fucking movie. Um, directed by one of the most underappreciated directors in the world, Steven Soderbergh. But it's on my list because it, it teaches people... That it doesn't matter what a movie's about, any movie can be good. To quote, it's my favorite quote of all time by Roger Ebert. It's my, one of my favorite quote um, by him. It's also my, like, my favorite quote of all time, and, and it's by. And it's it's not what the movie's about, it's how it's about it. So it doesn't matter if, like, so I, like, so I'm, I don't know, what, what do I fucking love? I love basketball, okay? So... There could be a fucking shitty movie about basketball, and then there could be a, a movie, a great movie about something I don't give a fuck about. But it doesn't matter, because all matters is how it is about a certain topic. And this movie is about the topic of male stripping, something that I'm not very fond of, to be honest. But it is a fantastic fucking movie. That scene where Channing Tatum is in the bank trying to get a loan, and they just judge him so much, like, oh, that scene's so fucking powerful. It's so good. Um... It's like it doesn't. So this movie just proves to people and to me. It just it's just very important because it's a movie that nobody expects to be good, and it's good. Like like so, don't judge movies based off the cover. I know that's a very cliche thing, but it's true. You have no idea how many people I've recommended Magic Mike to, and they all laugh at me. It's like it doesn't matter what the movie's about. All that matters is if it's good. So a good movie can be made about any fucking topic in the world. It's like 
so people need to like it's like uh like I I could go on a lot longer about this and I'm very passionate about this topic. And I know it sounds really weird for me to be talking this passionately about magic fucking mic, but it's important to me that people understand this. Magic mic is my number three. Mic arguably could be made an argument for it to be maybe my number one, but it's not. It's my number three. No, I, that's fair. I yeah. actually really like that movie. I think it's a great movie. Oh, it's fantastic. And and the the actress in that movie is one of the most attractive women I've ever seen. That's not important at all to the. Also, plot, it has but... one of the best supporting actor performances of all time in Matthew McConaughey. Um, oh yeah, Matthew McConaughey has like two of my favorite support, like three of them, because Days and Confused, uh, Magic Mike, Tropic Thunder, where he gets these like bit parts and just steals the show. Also, he's the best part of Wolf of Washington. Is in it for two minutes. Um, I don't know about that. Leo's so good. I'm just saying that he's still... Oh, dude, yeah. Oh, my God. He's chewing so much scenery in Magic Mike. It's so amazing to watch. Um, Yeah. Okay, so that's my number three. I I could talk about Magic Mike for fucking three hours. Um, Should I say my number three? Yes. So my number three is Remember the Titans. Wow, okay. Um, So my top five... But especially my top three. So remember, I didn't tell, I guess, the audience. But my thing, uh, we were talking, I said I had, like, three different tiers. Like, the honorable mention yes. tier where it was, was, like, deep but not that deep. Then, like, the second tier where it was, like, movies I've seen slash, like, kind of affected me, but, like, blah, blah, blah. And then my top five is, like, very hard to choose. My top three is, like, inseparable, basically. They're the three movies that, as a kid, left the deepest impact and still leave a huge impact. Yeah. Um, Remember the Titans is three, though. Definitely. Um, definitely not two or one. Because Remember the Titans is, like, my first favorite sports film. I think it's the best football movie. I know there's a lot of Rudy people. Um, I think that was... And the, I, I, I love that movie before I even got, like, all the racial connotations, which is such a huge part of it. I love that movie at first just because the actions, the sports scenes are great. All the actors in it are really good. Uh, the football isn't horrendously, like, fake like a lot of basketball movies are or like a lot of other football movies. Oh, don't let me even start on one basketball movie I just saw, which the basketball in it, it's horrendous. Which, what is it? The Way Back with Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to see that. First off, well, it's a, first of all, it's a really good movie. Second off, it's not a basketball movie. And two, no, yeah, I heard that. And two, the way that it shoots basketball is horrendous. Um, But, yeah, let's get back to Remember the Titans. Um, no, it's just, it's just like, it's, I feel like every kid has that. Okay. As a, as a, like a kid, as a kid, who's a boy, um, we all like love sports movies going up. Yeah. I feel like all boy kids love sports movies at some point in their life. I mean, maybe not all, but a lot. Remember the times it was just my sports movie. It was my, it was, it was many people's like sports movie. It was my Hoosiers, my glory. Yeah. Like exactly. I didn't catch on to it till much later in life. I didn't watch it till I was about 13. Want to know, uh, and like, this is another, I'm counting this as like a huge reason why it impacted me. That was the first soundtrack of that level that I ever heard. And those songs got me into so much of that type of music. Like the old soul. Marvin Gaye, Temptations. Yeah. Like Tina Turner uh cat stevens like if i don't listen if i don't watch that movie i don't listen to that music i don't like i was a musician for a while like that like that stuff actually affects it can i just say something yeah you just said you were a musician for a while like a gig getting paid to do music for a while aren't you still well not now because the fucking nation's shut down but like Uh, like yeah but like i'm saying like my name was actually like people would pay like good money when i was like in high school and 
when I was focused on it. Like, okay, I, my point is I'm not focused on it anymore. But, like, back then when I was really focused on it, like, Remember the Titans is, like, one of the first amazing music things I ever saw. We could do a whole episode about, like, music and movies. We definitely will. Like, yeah, because I have so many movies I could talk about with that. And I talked about a couple of them right now, actually. Um, yeah, I, so that was, like, your sports movie? Yeah, that was, like, my, I don't know, Rocky slash... Like, I wouldn't even count Rocky because like, Rocky's like not even like a sports movie. It's like it's yeah, it's, right. yeah. That was my like Miracle on Ice or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, dude. Oh, dude. Hockey kids like they are obsessed with with Miracle. Like they are because that's the yeah, only because Mighty Ducks is just inherently better. Yeah, but it's like it's like goofy though. I know, but Mighty Ducks is um, but dude, like, it's 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 uh, it's amazing how like hockey kids are obsessed with that fucking movie, um, because it's like the only hockey movie that's ever been made, um. I watched that movie for class um, this past semester. It really isn't that good. <laughs> Which movie? Remember the Titans. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I don't want to... I haven't seen it in, like, eight years, and I don't want to. I'm just... Because I don't want to, yeah. like... It's such it. a Disney movie. My thing is, though, there's still... No matter what, there's still the iconic scenes. Yeah. There's so many good scenes in that movie. Like, like left side, strong side, a great scene. I'm not going to argue yeah. that. That's a great fucking scene. Uh, and then... But I don't know the, why, I just didn't, like, see this movie. And also, Ryan Gosling's in it. Dude! Probably pe- my third favorite actor. Oh my god, like, the, like I love these little, like, Ryan Gosling roles. Uh, yeah, he just, oh my god. It's gonna be real hard. Like, if we ever make, like, a top ten actors, top ten actresses list, I'm gonna have a lot of trouble. Because I have, like, four or five that are very inseparable. Like, Christian Bale, Ryan Gosling, Joaquin Phoenix, Tom Hardy, Jake Gyllenhaal, right off the bat. Yeah. These weird Ryan Gosling roles are really fun to look back at. Uh, yeah, because he's so young. He's so young in it. I'm trying to think, like, what I... Uh, I'm trying to think, like, what movie took its, this movie's place for me. Maybe maybe Glory Road, because I wasn't I a big fan Glory of Hoosiers. Road. Glory Road's really good. It's But that's also, again... I don't, I don't like Hoosiers either. I don't like Hoosiers that much. I think, it's, I think it's just... I just don't think it holds up culturally, you know? Uh, What do you mean? Like, in the 70s, I'm sure it would have bopped. But like it came out in eighty six, but no, I'm saying though, like oh, okay, okay, sorry, but like I, I'm saying like I do, I'm not the demographic for it. Like I relate more to Glory Road because I feel like it's newer, and I feel like even though it's set in the same ish time period, you know, yeah, it, I, it feels more realistic to me. I don't know how to put it. Yeah, also, who is also like not about the basketball a little bit. It's not really. It's kind, but... of, about, it's kind of a character study in the Gene character. Yeah. Um. I was like, what sports movie do you think has the best, like, cinematography and the best, like, filming Rocky. of sports? What? Rocky. Rocky or Creed? Creed, probably. Yeah, probably Creed. Yeah. Um, I think for basketball, it's Coach Carter. I think Coach Carter has the best basketball scenes. I'd have to rewatch it. Um, but, I th- I mean, Glory Road has some good shots, too, though. It does, but I feel like also, but yeah, it's... Yeah, Coach Carter might be the best. But you're watching, like, old school basketball, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. It's easier. Um, oh, do, do you watch Stranger Things? Yeah, sadly. Do, do, remember the, do you remember the season two episode where they played basketball in gym class? I hate when it... Like, 13 Reasons Why has a basketball episode. Like, I hate when all these shows, like, have basketball. I actually stopped watching 13 Reasons Why after the basketball thing. There's so many horrendous basketball scenes and, like, something like that, dude. Um, oh, one of the funniest basketball scenes ever is from Along Came Polly. Have you ever seen it? 
don't know, dude. Nothing surprises me after Airbud anymore. Um, no, this movie's not a. It's it's a rom com, but it's this movie where Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ben Stiller are playing two on two basketball in a park in New York City, and it is maybe one of the funniest scenes ever. If you have, oh, it's so funny. Uh, it's just a random fucking sidetrack. So okay, I guess we can talk about about sports movies. Um, so my two. Yep. My two is a is a is a is a, is a hybrid. Um, it is a movie you mentioned earlier, Avengers, and Force Awakens. Because yeah, these are like fair. the theater experiences for me. Um, unlike you, I was a very big comic book movie fan going into Avengers. I had seen all the movies prior multiple times. In like 2008, 9, 10, I, I was so big into all these fucking movies. And, I, and this was the first time I had bought tickets on opening night, like beforehand, like weeks beforehand. It had like the printout and stuff like that. Went opening night, got there early, like, and... uh it, it was just such, like, a communal fucking, like, thing going to see Avengers. And same with Star Wars, even more so. Because Star Wars fans are even more psychotic than comic book movie fans. Because yeah. it's, like, because it's like a one franchise, not, like, a, a, a genre. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so th- those are the two single... Mo- I remember being in that theater so much. But also, I kind of put these movies together because... Well, what do these movies both have in common? Which ones? Avengers and For- Force Awakens. Disney. They are both Disney properties. And I remember not five minutes into Force Awakens. Have you seen Force Awakens, Will? Uh, not enough to remember the first five minutes. Okay. Where well, there's a scene where the villain and one of the heroes meet side by side. And the first thing they do is that hero quips at the, at the villain and says, like, oh, who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? And I remember in the, in the theater erupting in laughter. And right then... I was like, this is an Avengers joke. This is an Avengers joke. And and this and this is also why it's impactful because because one, right, first off, I like these I don't get me wrong, I I love both of these movies. But when I sat down and watched Force Awakens, I was like, this has Avengers humor in it. And oh my god, I don't like this. And then it just got worse. Um But yes, I wrote I wrote a paper about this specific instance of being in the theater of Force Awakens and, re- and having it remind me of seeing Avengers 2012. And then that just got worse and worse over the years, and then it, cum- and then it cultivated in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Thor Ragnarok, and we don't like to talk about that. But, but like, people lost their shit when the opening credits of, of, of uh, Force Awakens came on and the band, like, like, it just, it felt like, it was like a drug. If that was a drug, I would overdose on, on that fucking drug. Just having that feeling, like, oh my fucking god. Um, and, like, you like to kind of shit on Star Wars, and I, and I, and I understand it too, but it's nothing... Not I like to shit on it, it's like, there's things I do like to shit on. Star Wars isn't one of them. I just have to, like, I try to keep everything balanced, you know? Like, people kind of overrate it, and I'm trying to pull it back in. Same. Th- I do a lot of it with the MCU as well. But the MCU is different because the MCU is legitimately like flawed, um, and Star Wars is just Star Wars because of fandom. Star Wars is also legitimate. It's also legitimately flawed, but also Star Wars is just like so fandomy. No, it's because pe- you shit on Star Wars for the fandomy aspects of it. You know what I mean? Because it's so, it's so That's like definitely one of the reasons. It's I so like worry. the it's so stupid the fandom of Star Wars. Um. But yeah, um, Star Wars is like bad anime fans. Like I'm not even lying. Which that's that I hope that's the biggest insult that I can think of because that's horrible. Like Star Wars is just weeaboos for like Americans. Star Wars fans are almost as bad as like Philly sports fans. Nah, Star Wars fans are worse. No, they're not. Uh, eh, I don't Phil, know. 
Philly, Boston, and New York all have like terrible qualities, but Star Wars fans are like the embodiment of all of them. Yeah. So that's my number two for the theater experience. I picked. That's my number two. So I have a question. If you just just take a wild guess at what you, th- I feel like okay. What I what I have at my number two, I feel like it, you think is going to be my number one. Um, what do you what if you had to guess what my number one would have been what would you have i wouldn't know you've thrown me a good amount of curveballs today i'm actually pretty I impressed like, okay i uh, so i don't know um, i feel like there's a movie you you want me to say but i'm not sure yeah uh, it's whatever is I it feel whiplash like I, no 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 uh i love that movie but that it didn't like affect me you know i don't know it's um, there like no. hockey kids love miracle i figured musicians love whiplash yeah i guess no my number two is lord of the rings like all of it oh yeah i should i should have known um, Still so haven't I, seen the third one. Yeah, I don't care. I'm, I've given up on you. I don't care anymore. I've always I've uh, I try not to live in like a black and white world, but I do think there are two kind of mindsets. Like I do think if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, like you don't care. Like there's definitely a lot of people who love Lord of the Rings and love Star Wars, but like I just feel like you you're always uh, this kind of sounds stupid to say, but like it makes sense to me. You always prefer one inherently. Yes. No, yeah. So when I say there's two types of people, I don't mean you can only like one. I just mean like inherently you prefer one. Yes. I happen to dislike a lot of Star Wars movies besides like two or three of them. Um, so like Lord of the Rings is like the easy choice for for a lot of people. I think it's like a hard choice. But anyway, Lord of the Rings is my number two. And but they're so different. Like oh, they're very different, and you they don't need to be compared. I'm just saying because if one's a novel and the other is like a like a world that somebody created, I just feel like I feel like you could. I feel like Lord of the Rings is like Star Wars without the fandom. Kind of, yeah. Also because like there's not much else like because with Star Wars it isn't like a book. It's something that somebody just created and they and then they took it in ninety five different bajillion correct like directions. Like I don't know, like would you like because like they're not gonna make like a fucking like, uh, oh my god, like Legolas spinoff show and stuff like that. It's, Which like, I've been saying. I we did talk about this once. Like I'd be cool with that. Um, um, but yeah, I just grew up with Lord of the Rings. It kind of mixed my favorite elements of like the Alamo, where it's like the battles and stuff, and the superhero stuff with like the cool characters and the fantasy aspect. I don't know. I just and as a kid growing up on that, that was real nice. That was real nice, especially because it was already out when I was growing up. You know, yeah. so like when I was five, I could watch the whole trilogy, and I did. And some of it really scared me at that time. Yeah, dude, the uh, fucking orcas are fucking terrifying for um, five year old. But yeah, that I love that franchise to death, and it will always deeply. I don't know. It will always be my favorite film franchise. Yeah, I mean, not, not including the Hobbit, not including the Hobbit, just the Lord of the Rings. That's that's well, that, well that's 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 there's an asterisk there because that is the film okay. franchise. If if we're include okay, then in that case, the Dark Knight trilogy is my favorite franchise. But if we're not including the okay trilogy wise, Lord of the Rings is my favorite. There's a lot of great trilogies out there. Um... Okay, so that's your number two. You don't want to talk about your number two anymore. Yeah, I just I I mm. could go on and on, but like I love Lord of the Rings, and it's like childhood, and even today I could sit down and watch all three. So all right, so now onto my number one most influential, impactful movie that I can think of. This I, is a yeah. It's a weird I don't choice. Know what it is. It's a weird choice. Um, I have I I had a few guesses, but now I'm completely blank. Do you have any just like semblance of a guess? I have a few guesses still, but they're definitely wrong. Like what? Well, first of all, before the list started, my pick was Days and Confused. Yeah, 
Because that's like one of my favorite movies. Um, and I did, I did know your fa- favorite movie was Almost Famous. Like yes. I, we've talked about it so much. Yes. I just Dazed and Confused was on my mind. That's why I said that. Yeah, yeah. But um, I have a few guesses. Is it like somewhat recent? Yeah. Like within the past like five ten years. Within the past five ten years. So I don't know why, but I feel like it could be anything from Iron Man three to Baby Driver to Kingsman to Nice Guys. To, ah, do you want me to so give you, like, it's not like a like, it's not like a good movie. Oh really? Yeah. Um, I, I'm just gonna say it. Transform Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2014. Oh, fuck you. Because well, I just it's not because I like it. I know. I I love the 1991. That's a legitimately good movie. Um, this movie is the most impactful to me because it kind of started, it kind of like rejuvenated my movie fandom because it was a property that I had so loved because I watched the um, the early 2000s uh, uh, animated show on Fox Kids. I watched uh, the original 1990s movies. I, I had all the toys. The Ninja Turtles was like my fucking property. It's probably my, my favorite property that I've like had. Like, what? I said, that's fair. Yeah. So, like, and also it was the first time I had, like, a very... Because, like, around the 21st century, everything was like, all right, we're going to reboot, remake, rejuvenate, revitalize. And when and when this happened to one of my favorite films, because it had the 1990 uh, Turtles, and then there was a 2007 animated one, which kind of counts as a reboot, but I don't really count that, because it's a little bit of, like, a one-off. And then this was, like, a first time that, like, a, pro- a, a, like a so beloved property of mine had been rebooted. And it was, like... And like, cause like, and it was in 2014 where it was like, kind of like where it wasn't like new, but it also wasn't like the norm where now it's like the norm to have everything be like rebooted, remade, resequeled, like, and all that fucking shit. Re- like, like the term rebookable didn't, wasn't, wasn't in existence before this movie was made for, for reference. Yeah. So when this movie came out, it was so like powerful to me and stuff like that. And I, and I, like, I liked it cause it was turtles, but it's a bad movie. It's a very bad movie. Um, and also, this was, like, the start of me, like, watching, like, film critics on YouTube and stuff like this. Like, this was the start of me watching, like, Jeremy Johns, Schmozno, Chris Stuckman, Flickpick, Watch Mojo. It was the start of me having of this being, like, another big part of my life. And social media and YouTube and stuff like that. And, and like, and big into fandom, too. It started off my fandom again because this was a big part of my fandom was Ninja Turtles. And the fact that it had been taking this property, it was, it, was, it was so, like, fragile and special to me. And it, it made me more passionate about stuff again. And it and it just kind of, like, made me be like, oh, yeah, movies should be, like, movies, like, should be good. You know what I mean? They should be taken care of. And this was a property that I said, like, oh, they didn't really take care of this and didn't really put the time and effort into this. And I kind of seen that in other things previously, but not ones that I was so passionate enough like I was with fucking Ninja Turtles. And, like, I fell in love with movies at a very young age. And I didn't, like, not like them as much anymore, but this kind of took it to a new level, like, oh, like, and, and also this. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of hard for me to articulate. I'm probably doing a terrible job, but this is just, it was just very, very important and powerful for me to kind of have this movie be brought into my life. Without this movie, like, I wouldn't know what my life would be like right now. I might not want to be a filmmaker right now if this movie doesn't come out. That's my number one most influential, impactful movie of the world. I feel like we both have number ones that are very kind of... Like, my number one's very similar to yours. 
in a in, in well, like, like not that we love them, but they're that they're important to no, us. No, well, I love this movie, but in oh. the sense that it's not like actually like a good movie. It's just yeah. what's most important to us. Yeah. So I want to preface this by saying, I'd say the top like three or four movies I've ever watched in terms of like the amount of times. Yeah. Uh, in I think the Alamo, Dark Knight. No, sorry. I know the Alamo and the Dark Knight are within the top four. Um, and I think maybe like the um, an amalgamation of different Lord of the Rings movies would be like in that top four. But I can, I guarantee you for a fact, this movie is the movie I've watched the most in my life. Really? Do you have any guesses? I don't think you'll get it, but I think it's very on par for what I would do. Have I seen it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone our age has seen it. Everyone our age has seen it? Uh, every one that's kind of like us. Has so that's it. like, so it's like a generational kind of movie. This is a hugely generational movie. This is this like shaped it, friend. Like the amount of quotes in this movie, super bad. In this movie alone, no, great guess. Um, is it a comedy? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. Kind of yeah. Hmm? Tropic Thunder. No, that's another one that should have been on my honorable mentions. Um, that only should have been on my honorable mentions too. Um, it's well, a, now it's on both of them. Yeah. Uh, it's a very big generational kind of movie. I don't know. Maybe you just tell me because I kind of... came out 2004. It's so... set in the ocean. What? Uh, it's set... The The main protagonist is yellow. His weapon of choice is a spatula. He doesn't need a license to drive a sandwich. Oh, uh, yeah. At number one, we have the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. The original, of course. What was supposed to be the end of all things Spongebob. I didn't know that, really? I'm, yeah, I'm kind of bittersweet that it wasn't the end because there is, in 2005, 2006, there are a lot of good classic Spongebob episodes that happen after the movie, so, like, I wouldn't want to miss out on those. But, like, at the same time, Spongebob does get, a, like, pretty shitty after, like, the next few years. But so I, I'm bitter, bittersweet about it. I'm kind of, like, like me and, like... I realized this a couple years ago. Is that me and you had very, very different childhoods in terms of what we watched. Like you watched a lot of like Young Justice, SpongeBob, like yeah, a lot of those. And I watched a lot of like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Drake and Josh, Zoe. I never watched those. Yeah, like I watched all like those, and that just kind of sets up like who we are as people. You watch a lot of the animated shit. I did watch Zoe One Hundred and One. Let's not get crazy. But I mean, I was like, I just yeah, but you know what I mean. Like like that like that's what I watched growing up, and that's what you watched growing up. Yeah, it's a very interesting, like, longitudinal psychological study. Yeah, it's... <laughs> um, I could quote so many things from this movie. You don't I need a license to drive a this sandwich. This movie's, like, iconic. Like, I'm not saying that to be, like, a, like a typical... Story. No, it is. Like, the movie's legitimately an iconic movie. Be the tears of the Goofy Goobers. Um, <laughs> I'm a Goofy Goober! <laughs> to have the audacity... Yeah. People, I think this is the most underrated movie, uh, part of the movie. In the Goofy Goober song... To have the audacity for Patrick to just randomly be wearing like a BDSM sex tux. Yeah, for him, to, for him to dress as like fucking like like Neil from like fucking uh, like Motley Crue for some reason. Like it's like. I know that they were spoofing. Uh, who made "I Wanna Rock" the song? I don't uh, know. I'm gonna search it. I think it's not a famous band, and if it is, I'm sorry. No, it is. It's Twisted Sister, I believe. Who is it? Yeah, it's Twisted Sister. Okay. So, like, like, a popular band, but not, like, a very good band. 
Yeah, I, I mean, they had some hits, but yeah, I guess. They're kind of your typical, like, I don't know. I just, uh oh. So, I've, okay, I've watched this movie more than any other movie, and I know really? that's for a fact. Yes, I know that's for a fact. Okay. I, like, I, I'm not even, like, I have, obviously, I haven't kept track, but, like. You just know. know. You know. Here's yeah. how I know. I watched it as much as I watched Lord of the Rings and Alamo as a kid. I was sorry. I watched it more than Lord of the Rings as a kid, and I watched it as much as the Alamo as a kid. And I stopped watching the Alamo, and I stopped watching Remember the Titans like before 2011. Yeah. And I, I probably watched SpongeBob, the SpongeBob movie, once or twice a year, if not more. I don't. I couldn't tell you the last time I've, I've seen it. It's also very short. It's like the equivalent of like three TV episodes. I'm guessing it's like, it's like 87 minutes. minutes, something like that. No, it's 75. It's 75 minutes. Take, take out the Patsy the Pirate scenes, and it's like. 60 65 wow. okay unpopular opinion i know a lot of people don't like the patsy scenes i like him in in that movie only i like patsy the pirate i hate him when he's in like normal episodes me too i think he's so annoying but like in that movie it adds so much like when they're in the movie theater eating the popcorn crying <laughs> because spongebob's at shell city and he dried up and they're like wait wait look at the screen <laughs> it's the tear of the it's goofy goober <laughs> Uh, there's also there's so many good jokes in that movie that like legitimately work like on like many levels and aren't just like kid jokes, like um yeah. oh my god I can't even get um but that that movie's like legitimately there's, good. There's, so many, there's also so, SpongeBob gets drunk at a tavern. Yeah, like like legitimately, it's a kids movie. They like they're getting the like shit faced. That movie also is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, oh, Dennis, one of the best antagonists ever. David Hasselhoff sighting. Like, David Hasselhoff. Wait, real talk. Let's just take a step back for a second. And just what the fuck was that movie? They were like, let's get David Hasselhoff for a like, cameo. And he said yes. We've all we've all seen that movie so many times in our life. And we all grew up with it. So, like, now it doesn't surprise us. But, like, imagine, like, just watching that movie as, like, a 20-year-old for the first time back then. Oh like, God. just the random BS that occurs. They're being a parent and, like, being dragged to that movie, and you're like, what the shit is this? Like, I think there's so many, like, hidden gem moments, too. Like, when SpongeBob's reaching for his spatula, and, like, the guy looks down, and he's just like, yeah, lost my contacts. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what? And then he opens the door, and it's like, Patrick! And Patrick's blowing the bubble. <laughs> like, it's just so... Oh. This got a theatrical release, didn't it? Yeah, no, it's yeah. a legitimate film. And then, like... Netherwear Men. Yeah. Began, yeah. Iconic song. Iconic. One of the, best, one of the most uh, underrated SpongeBob. The slapping, the ghost SpongeBob. They have kelp mustaches. Are you kidding? And Patrick's like underwear scene that got memes. So many memes from that movie. Yeah. 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 That that really get memed. No, my favorite jokes is when he's got the he's like, do you have the bag of air? Yep, got it right here, and it's and it's like a butt like a box in his butt, and then he pulls it out, and it's still like, um, Patrick. Let's not forget, like, how they beat up the human, like, scuba diver guy and the mariachi bands just... <laughs> oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, it's like, why did... Oh, and the open... Okay, talk about opening scenes. Like, so you at the Inglorious Bastards scene opening scene? No, 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 no. The SpongeBob opening scene is one of the tensest things I've ever seen. You got a family? Like... <laughs> <laughs> That's a real nice... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, keep talking about that family. <laughs> yeah, step out of it, but keep talking about it. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, I'm ready. Depression. <laughs> when did Patrick's... Like, oh, my I... oh, my God, that movie's just... 
I haven't seen it in so long. I remember we watched it. You, me, and John watched it together, like on a, like the little laptop while we were playing two K one time. Oh my god, I do remember that. Yeah, that was like junior year, I believe. Oh my god, I get so annoyed when you and Hubach quote movies, quote SpongeBob at me. Like, not the movie, the show. Oh, I see. No, I I take it easy on you because even like I know a lot of people probably say this, but like I really like. You want to know why I wasn't like watching. Like, Drake and Josh and Zach and Cody and all that. Because I was too busy, like, re-watching Spongebob. I love <laughs> that show so much. Um, do you ever play any of the video games? Yes. Some of them are fire. Oh, dude, there were so the many. Racing game, the game, racing game and the Patty Brian game was so fun. There were so many great video games that came off of uh, the fucking Spongebob. Oh, my God, dude. That just, like, I, I should have guessed because, like, you were so, like... I think my top two were pretty... If like if if you really thought about it, I think my top two were pretty obvious. Maybe you thought it. Maybe you would have thought Dark Knight. But remind me, remind me your second one again. Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, I should have known that. Um, I feel like Dark Knight, Lord of the Rings, and SpongeBob were a given. And I feel like we each had like I think we had pretty good lists. I feel like we each had like a pretty good curveball. Yeah, well, because like my list is like movies that left an impact in terms of the filmmaking and beauty of it, like Her, Eternal Sunshine, Gone Girl. Yeah. But then I also have movies that impacted me because they're funny like hot fuzz in movies i watched a lot alamo remember the mm. titans the superhero movies of course yeah and so yeah i don't know i this was a really i think this was the favorite topic i we've done so far really yeah i like i really like talking about this it put me in a really good mood even yeah. talking about the horrible movie yeah like because like i picked mine in terms of like uh, basically, just like, looking back at my life, like what movie, what movie experiences stick out from the most, but also just like pick mine in terms of like what movies me, what movies uh, shaped my voice in terms of wanting to be a filmmaker of my own. So that picked a lot of my own. All right, uh, wh- why don't we run down our top ten lists one more time? So my number ten was The Hangover. My number nine was Karate Kid Red Dawn. My number eight was School of Rock. My number seven was Clerks. Six Almost Famous. Five Days of Confused, Four Inglorious Bastards, Three Magic Mike, Two Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and Avengers. And my number one was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles twenty fourteen. And, and then mine was ten. Her nine. The Alamo, the John Wayne version, not the Dennis Quaid version. Eight. Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Seven. Gone Girl. Six. Hot Fuzz. Five. Spirited Away. Four, like the superhero Dark Knight, Avengers, Suicide Squad trilogy, not trilogy, trio. Uh, three, Remember the Titans. Two, Lord of the Rings, original trilogy, not anything doing with The Hobbit. And one, SpongeBob, the original. It's pretty, pretty. Also, I'm not surprised that we none of us had the same. We didn't have any of the same films. I was thinking of putting. Uh, I'm confused. Yeah. But. It, it. I think I watched it too late in life. Like I already had certain things set. If I watched it like when I was thirteen, I think I would have been better. I don't know. I, what's I first watched it when I think when I was like sixteen, maybe seventeen. Actually, no, you're right. Thirteen's too young. Uh, like t- I, w- I wish I was like senior year of high school when I watched it. That would have been great. I think I first watched it when I was a junior. But yeah, it it. Uh, um. Yeah, we like yeah. This is a pretty fun. Go- this it was really fun, really hard making this list. But um, 
honestly, like, my honorable mentions were kind of, like, more fun for me to go back and look at. Like, like Space Jam for, like, why I love fucking UNC. Dude, Sergeant Bilko was, like, one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, you probably don't even know what that is. No. Uh, it's a fucking Steve Martin comedy about um, he's defrauding the military and, like, like spending all their money on like, casinos and shit like that. But, like, yeah. um, there was just, like, going back to making this list just brought me, it just made me so nostalgic. Want to know the uh, the one thing I noticed about my list? What? Well, first of all, I think our lists do tell us, like, about ourselves. They really do. Because, like, I have, like, the Guilty Pleasure movies and the superhero movies and the sports movies and the artsy, like, indie movies. Mm-hmm. Um, which I knew I like, but uh, that's not what I meant to say. What I meant to say is, uh, I know I'm a huge horror fan. I don't have a horror movie. Yeah. I was going to put, I was going to put hereditary on, but it felt too f- recent. Yeah. I'm trying to think what's the most recent movie that you have on your list. Um, 2012, 2014, uh, 2014. I think same here. No, 2016 Suicide Squad, but that doesn't count. That doesn't count. My, I have 2015. I have 2015 Force Awakens, but that's still kind of, like, for, like, the yeah, theater. Yeah, that, that doesn't really count either. But for, um, yeah. Hereditary, I guess, honorable mention. Like, I was really considering putting it in my top ten, but, like, I just didn't know. Because it didn't impact. Because I was, this is why, this is why. Hereditary, well, you don't know how I, it impacts you yet. Well, no, but also, I, it's not the, like, it's not like it was the first, the first, if I was going to, the most impactful horror movie I've ever seen was Insidious. Because that was the first horror movie that I truly loved. I watched that when I was 12 with, like, friends, and I loved it. And that's what got me into horror. So, like, in terms of pure impact, it would have been Insidious. Hereditary is just my favorite horror movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, that's a good point. The, the horror movie that made the most impact for me was easily Friday the 13th Part 1. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. Like, if I put Hereditary in there, then I would have had to put Goodfellas. Because, just on the basis of favorite. But, like, yeah. Goodfellas didn't impact me as much it's just i love that movie would you do the thing that i was doing where you were thinking back to like the first time you watched all these movies um i vividly remember the first time i watched a few of these movies yeah i remember i remember i vividly remember how many of your movies do you vividly remember watching for the first time right now. um yeah. one two three four like um I say six or seven out of like the, the the like thirteen or fourteen of in my ten technically. I I'm anywhere from like five to seven because I believe I can vividly remember like one two at least six of them. Well, to be honest, kind of kind of all of them, but some of them are like are like kind of like boring. But like like I remember watching School of Rock in like my denim pullout couch that we built into a fort with me, my buddy, with me, my brother, and my, and my brother's friend. We, like, in my denim pullout couch. I remember watching that. I remember, I first watched Jason Confused was that I was in one room and my brother was in the other room and he fell asleep, but the TV kept going on. So I walked in to get a, to get like a, a water and he was, was asleep and Jason Confused was on the TV. It just started. And I just remember like, not like just being enthralled and not going back into my room for like 40 minutes. Yeah. Like, oh my God. this was really fun to go back and look at these lists. This was great. I, yeah. I feel nostalgia now. I'm, I'm going to watch one of these movies right now. I was Probably, thinking about that. I might, mm, I can't handle like one of the sadder ones. Well, also it's one o'clock I in the morning. Wanna, I, re- I really want to watch Hot Fuzz actually. I'm, I'm in that mood. It's one o'clock in the morning, so that might be tough. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm watching Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Um, if I can find it. 
Yeah, so this was really fun to go back and look at. Um, we're gonna. Have, I have a, so many podcasts lined up that I want to record. Um, I'll give you like a little bit. Of an, I I, I want to record. I'm, I'm trying to record a Tarantino uh, podcast with two of my buddies. I'm trying to do like just like a sit down and talk with one of my other good friends. I'm trying to get up somebody who was on this podcast earlier. I'm trying to get him back. I'm trying to do one with my brother coming up soon that I need to make another top 10 list, which is very fun and frustrating. I, to, I would love to be a part of the one with your brother. Well, no, because we're doing top 10 sibling movies. Okay, well, I'm saying, but like... In, in general. Okay, besides that, in general, yeah. I would love if you and your brother were on one end and I was on the other. Yeah. No, I, Just to hear his thoughts. Oh, dude, my least favorite thing ever is listening to the podcast with him. Oh, just dude. is like analyzing film. And there's just like everything he'll just like he'll just like stop to talk about it all the it's time. Like when, it's like when the coach roasts you because you missed like a, a block on defense. Yeah, it's like watching game film with like somebody else. Oh my god. Yeah, I'll admit on I never listen after I talk to like on this. But. Oh, I don't either really. Um, I used to a lot, but like I did ask you like if you if you ever listen to it when I have like another guest on, and your answer was no. No, I don't. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. Uh, you should listen to the Tarantino one. Um, I, I might listen to that one. Yeah, so uh, I'm trying to line that up with uh, my two uh, friends. Um, I also need to make. I also need to rank my Tarantino movies. That's going to be really fucking hard. I might do that as well, just for giggles. Yeah. But, dude, do you remember, like, back in the day when we used to, like, text and make lists about movies and shit like that? A little bit. Not really. You don't remember like, going back and like, our top 10 movies of 2016. All right, like, your top 10, like, like we, would just, we would just talk about movies all the fucking time. And, like, looking back on it, we just did that for nothing. Now we actually have, have like, a, an excuse to do it. Yeah, I, but we would do that over, like, pl- while playing 2K. That's why I don't remember, because I was focused on, like, winning 2K. I don't know. I feel like we would text back and forth about that kind of shit. Um, yeah. All right, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we, we went on for a long time. So, yeah. Hopefully, you join us next episode. Bye.